Right before we start this episode, I want to say a sincere thank you to all the workers in every industry who are still getting up and risking their own safety every day to help others. Since becoming a teacher, I've learned that this profession, like a lot of other things, is what you make it. Last month, on March 13th, as I was sitting in my school library, I got an email that said we wouldn't be coming back after the weekend. Instead, we'd continue teaching the same way, only we'd be doing it online. And there were four days to make this happen. Like I said, the job is what you make it. Today, I'm talking to my principal and fellow teacher about lessons learned and the lessons we're still learning about bathroom breaks, teaching online, and why confusion is a good thing. Welcome to that high school life, the social distancing edition. Hey, this is Joe, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 4 of That High School Life. If you're a teacher, student, parent, or anybody involved with education right now, you know that it's an odd time, to say the least. My guest today is no stranger to that because she's had a key role in making sure that the machine that is IS Ruhr is running as smoothly as it can in the midst of a pandemic. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Maria, thanks for joining me for this episode. Thank you, Joe. I'm Maria Robalino, and I'm the head of secondary years at International School Ruhr, and I'm also the Spanish teacher there for the eighth graders and 12th graders. So you've you've been inside of it, um, both from an administration point of view and like an edu- like an educator's like on the ground kind of point of view as well. Yeah, it's been interesting seeing <laughs> both sides of it, and it has come with its challenges as well. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, having said that, how how are you finding our new classroom setup, like our, our our digital classrooms? It's been difficult at the beginning, mm-hmm. I think, for most of our teachers, because we're very used to teaching in a classroom setting where we see the students all the time, and then suddenly going online and having to adapt all of our resources has been quite a challenge. But still, you know, it's it's funny to see how students still ask for permission to go to the bathroom <laughs> because they still feel they're in the classroom, of course, even yeah. though they're at home, right? And even though we say no, they can still go. <laughs> so that has been really funny. We have those students, and then I've heard from other teachers that we've had students deciding to leave the lesson to go take a shower. Well, at least we know yeah. they're staying clean, you know, in the midst of all this. And they're they're observing yeah. daily hygiene in your own classes. Have you have you had any notable interruptions? I, I've had students like bring their cats on screen or like take me to see their rabbits or um, I don't know. Tell me they're going to take a walk. But have you had anything like that? Honestly, in my classrooms, other than the kids asking to go to the toilet or having a parent that was sitting in the in the kids' room and then leaving in the middle of the lesson, mm-hmm. I've had no other interruptions from the kids. They've been really good. But it's my children who have been interrupting me several times. And that's been really challenging. I think for most of our teachers who have kids as well, it's been really challenging. Mm -hmm. I have my two kids who are four and five. And for them, it's really difficult to understand the difference between me as a teacher when I'm working and Mm -hmm. me as a mom, because I'm still here at home. So of course, yeah. So they come and interrupt all the time. (laughs) Even when I'm, you know, doing conferences with the leadership team of the school, (laughs) it's been, yeah quite difficult. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And I, I don't have kids. I have a cat. You know, she comes and interrupts every so often. But there's something to be said for the parents or the teachers who are also parents um, who have to contend with, you know, children running inside and like jumping in front of the screen. 
But so for the parents who are doing that and, and you too, you know, thank you for, for doing that. I, I know it's hard. <laughs> I know from our team, the teachers who have kids have been doing an awesome job considering it's such a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. So um, on, on that note, though, as, as, as a principal, you've had this sort of bird's eye view of your entire team. And, you know, you've been inside, you're, you're part of that team as a teacher as well. But, you know, as a principal, you see these changes happening on a bigger scale because you, you're pretty, pretty much checking in with everybody as, um, as we, we go through this process. So for the teachers who are just starting online teaching, um, this isn't an easy transition. And there's more and more teachers who are making that transition all the time. For sure, you know from your experience that there are ways to make this experience less difficult. You know, looking back on the couple of weeks that we've been doing this, was there anything we did at ISUR as a team that, you know, made this quick change smoother? And it was a quick change. We had four days. First of all, before we started these, when we knew we were going to close, um, I started working on a policy for distance learning for our students and parents, especially, so they know what we expect, right? And then we had a training with the teachers for, you know, a, a really quick training for the video conferences with the G Suite. And apart from that, we've been adapting, you know, we've been evaluating the first days, the experiences. And then adapting, especially scheduling, because it's been mm-hmm. so different than teaching, you know, in a classroom normal setting. Of course, yeah. I've had to adapt the schedules for certain teachers because it is quite intense. With the teachers who are not that tech savvy, I've had to video conference and guide them, you know, walk them through the process of the settings of different programs or helping them do rubrics on Google Classroom. And definitely it has been a team effort because you and one of our other colleagues have been such a great help helping the other teachers navigate through the new software and Mm -hmm. platforms that we've implemented with your, you know, the help documents that the team has created. It's been really a teamwork and I think everybody has felt very supported. Apart from that, I've also been checking one-on-one with each one of the teachers. I try to at least talk to each teacher once or, you know, Mm -hmm. every other week to make sure that they're doing well, that the load is not overwhelming. And if there is anything that I can do to support them. For sure. And again, there's something to be said for those those quick check-ins that you're doing, because one, for as a morale booster, we don't get to see each other in person. Um, yeah. So getting to hear from you is a pretty good thing, even if it's um, just to check in and say, how are you doing? Are there any issues? It makes a difference. And, and that's, I, I guess, one of the big differences between being at a school in person and being at a school online. And I've noticed that a lot because <laughs> I think that morale, keeping up morale when you've been teaching already for three weeks for the students and for the teachers, it, it's challenging. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I've started sharing a lot of the parents' emails with the teachers because Parents have been very grateful of the job we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that for teachers, that's very rewarding and makes it, you know, all worth it. During one of our digital meetings last week, uh, somebody mentioned or somebody shared an article that they were going to have their grade 10 students read for one of our coaching sessions. This article struck me because it talks about why being confused can be a good thing. And these past few weeks, I'm, I'm pretty sure for you, as well as for me and the students and the parents, they've been confusing for everybody. But aside from the stuff they learn in class, you know, this is an ex- a confusing experience. And aside from the stuff they learn in class, do you think that our students will take anything away from this? Definitely. I think a lot of them, because they're at home and they have more time in their hands, they've been learning different <laughs> skills. I was reading on one of our coaching logs that one of our students is doing um, braiding rope or learning how to skate, things <laughs> like that, which is awesome for them to do. But more than that, and and this was also mentioned on one of our parents' emails, 
that they were saying that their kids have learned uh, flexibility mm -hmm. because they have adapted to the whole situation in three days. Uh, resiliency, definitely, because it's difficult for them to, you know, wake up every morning and be motivated to go to class and to be on the screen the whole day. It's it's difficult. And being able to be motivated that way, it's, it's been a challenge for mm -hmm. them. I think also being caring. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that they've learned. They've learned that it's not only their family that cares for them, mm -hmm. but their teachers as well, because we're always there and we check on them and we're worried if, if they're doing fine, if, if they're finding it challenging at home as well during these difficult times. Yeah, of course. And the biggest lesson I think has been that they've realized and valued the importance of being part of a community mm -hmm. that before they took it for granted. <laughs> yes. And yeah. now, you know, bef before we were at school, you would always find them complaining about one thing or the other. Yeah. And now they're also desperate to go back because they miss yeah. being at school. They miss the teachers. They miss the school cafeteria lady. They miss everything about mm -hmm. it. Just this day-to-day -day interaction. I noticed that too, you know, as a grade six coach, when I asked them what, uh, what are you looking forward to after the break? And what they said was, I hope we can go back. And if we can, I'm most looking forward to seeing my friends and, you know, actually hanging around people. And I feel for them because, you know, no matter what the age, any kind of isolation, it, it's not fun. It definitely is difficult. It's more difficult for some kids than others. Some mm -hmm. kids have brothers and sisters at home and some others are, you know, only child and they must feel it, you know, more even. Of course, yeah. Who knows that we have kids who are not that outgoing, who are not calling other friends mm -hmm. and they're just waiting for someone to call them. And if that doesn't happen, I guess they're feeling pretty isolated too. Mm -hmm. Of course. And um, we, we have taken steps for that, right? Yeah. Community building, I think is important, like especially in a time like this. It's important all the time, but even more so now when yes, we, we are separate, but there is a way to be together even digitally. And I think the kids have had pretty good ideas because we, you know, we asked them during coaching what ideas they had because we thought that having spirit days might help them, you know, get motivated mm -hmm. and join in. And I noticed that a lot of them have been trying to participate more on the social little challenges that we that we are posting on yes. Google Classroom yeah. for them and they're interacting more. And mm -hmm. I think that at least somehow they feel more connected that way. So uh, shifting gears now, teaching online with a full schedule, you know, it, it can be pretty hectic because uh, it, it's one thing to to teach with a full schedule in in a physical environment, but doing it digitally, it brings with it its own its own challenges. But you know, there there are ways that we've been addressing this, and a lot of that has been through our use of different applications. So we we are using a pretty wide range of apps right now to support our teaching. As an educator and even as an administrator, are there any that have stood out for you? So as an administrator, I can say that implementing Slack within the team has been so useful for us because we've been communicating <laughs> yep. so fast mm -hmm. and it, it just it saves time. It keeps us connected. We can get more feedback immediately. And then I can actually do something about certain students mm -hmm. that sometimes even when we're at school, I cannot do because I have to wait for the break to be able to reach this teacher yep. or the other one to get the feedback from the from the students. But since we're connected, teachers tend to just like send a quick message giving feedback about one or the other student. And then I can immediately contact parents or talk mm -hmm. to the coach. And, you know, interventions have been easier this mm -hmm. way during these days. It's It's been faster. The way of working online, I've noticed it's more intense because it becomes faster. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with teaching. The first three days, I think I was having 
really heavy headaches because of it. Yeah. But as you said, a lot of the of the teaching is being you know done online through different platforms. The ones that I'm using the most because I'm teaching language acquisition are mm-hmm. Zoom because I I'm always I I need to communicate with them right mm-hmm. to help them practice. So I'm using Zoom a lot, and I've been implementing in the past days the breakout rooms mm-hmm. so that they can do group work, and that's been very useful. Flipgrid, which is another way yes. for them to be able to practice a bit before they record their video and post it. And it, and it allows communication, mm-hmm. you know, because the other students can also record a little feedback video for the for their classmates to see. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely G Suite. I've been working with HyperDocs for them to do research and also to, to do written communication there. And this was one suggestion from one of my students mm-hmm. to practice vocabulary that scribble IO. <laughs> yeah. And that one was a really good suggestion because mm-hmm. I was working on revision for vocabulary before a, an, an assessment. And he suggested this one. He set it up for the whole class and yep. we all went into play. It's a mix of hangman plus pictionary mm-hmm. online and everybody was connected and working on it and it was pretty fun. So it it has made somehow the learning a bit more active and more fun. Of course. Even yeah. there's one student that comes to mind that when we're in class, it's always interrupting mm-hmm. and it's difficult also to manage him in class, but online he's been wonderful. And that's amazing how they change, right? Of course. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely seeing more participation across the board. There's there's something about teaching online that takes away the risk of participating. I don't know what it is, but you know, the students seem more willing to put up a digital hand and and you know, yeah. give me an answer. I guess this interaction where they don't have you in front of them or they mm-hmm. don't have all of their classmates around make them feel a bit safer because it's just the screen. Yeah. And if they're wrong, you know, they can always just text the teacher yes. also. Yeah. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been using Scribble it I think it's it's one of those games that you can use anywhere from, well, our school runs 6 to 12, but I think you can use it anywhere between grade 6 to 12. And it gets even yeah. more fun with the grade 11s because we use it for business terms, except, you know, I throw in words like wizard or, I don't know, a rabbit fighting a unicorn and they don't know what to do. But, you know, there are ways to make these apps creative and there are ways to still have fun with your students, even though you're learning at a distance. And I think it also allows you to put a bit more of responsibility on the students' hands Mm -hmm. because you can ask them to start creating these resources for the whole class. And then they not only practice the content, but they're making it their own. And then sharing that with the rest of the class, it gives them a a sense of pride as well Mm -hmm. of what they've produced. Hopefully these are skills that they take with them, like working by themselves, resiliency, adaptability. I see a lot of them doing that. Like, for example, a lot of them have told me that they've seen in themselves uh, something that they didn't before. Like, for example, they're more autonomous Mm -hmm. and they are more organized. They are working better with time management now because they don't have the teacher behind them telling them, go, you're late for class. (laughs) And parents are busy, too. So it's on them. It has made them be more responsible. And I think that's also one of the biggest lessons they've taken, that their education is in their hands. You know, we're here to support them. We can guide them. But in the end, bottom line, it's them. And we'll still mark them absent. (laughs) But having said that, they they are absent for the next two weeks because we're on spring break. And which is good because it's a good way to reflect and reassess about, you know, what we can fix. But more importantly, it's it's a good time to take a break uh, in the midst of all this. Which leads me to my next question, though. This lockdown's 
a pretty good opportunity to catch up on pretty much whatever's on TV. And in my mind, it's whatever's in the Netflix catalog. So yeah, we've got this spring break coming up. Do you have any recommendations? So I'm very hooked. And this is a series that I'm, I'm re-watching, mm-hmm. which is in Spanish. It's called Pablo Escobar, El Patrón del Mal. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix now. It's a really good series, you know, based on historical facts that happened in the 80s on Colombia mm-hmm. with the drug cartels, which is really interesting. If you like something that's more uh, fantastic, I think that would be Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. That's a short series. I think uh, they have only the first season, but I think that's enjoyable, especially if you have teenagers. I would recommend that one. I've watched uh, Unorthodox. Oh, so good. I just finished watching that, that yesterday. Really yeah. And um, Cable Girls, which is a series from Spain mm-hmm. also. Uh, Hunters on Amazon Prime. Also really video. good. And I started watching Brain Games because we got Disney Plus for my kids. Oh, man. Yeah. They have the, <laughs> they have the section for National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And in there, you have these one brain games that talk about like how the brain interprets certain things like perception and things mm-hmm. like that, which is really interesting. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad that we, we've got things like Netflix and Amazon Prime to you know help us through this. For anybody that's listening, I'm going to put all of these show recommendations in the show notes, um, along with the apps that we've been using for... To, to facilitate teaching online. But um, before we wrap up, uh, Maria, I got to say thank you. First, as a principal, thank you for all the hard work that you're putting in because mm-hmm. being a principal and teaching is not is not easy, like both at the same time. But on top of that, yeah, thank you for joining me for this episode as well. I know um, it, it's Sunday or Monday. Is it Sunday or Monday? It's Monday. It's Monday. I'm losing track of time. It's, <laughs> it's Monday and it's our first day on break, but you've done this. And I, I got to say that I really appreciate that you uh, took the time to, to, to do that. Oh, you're welcome, Joe. And um, I'm really glad that you invited me on your podcast. Yeah, that we're recording through Zoom right now. It, you know, still yeah. staying apart, but still putting out episodes. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah thank, thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Maria. And um, yeah, I think that's it. And uh, we'll wrap it up here. You've been listening to season three, episode four of That High School Life. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found. For the staff and students of IS Work and anyone else who's got spring break coming up, be safe, keep your hands clean, and stay home. Until next time, I'm Joe, and this has been another episode of That High School Life. Have a good one.